How you guys doing? Cool. Awesome. Doesn't seem like you're doing well. That's so great. How you guys doing? Hey, I need you guys to get on your feet. I need you to get on your feet. Hey, we got an awesome, awesome treat for you guys today. We have two of our, our friends from our Kaleo, Kaleo program. Well, you guys are with something else as well. Huge shout out to Kaleo. Heard that screen. Hey, I want to say this. They released the CD. Kaleo did all original music from a lot of our kids throughout here at um, uh, Kensington. And they're selling CDs on our lobby. And I'm telling you guys, you got to get it. One of the things that we really want to continue to celebrate here at our Orient campus is original music. Because we believe that God, we believe that God, we believe God power moves powerfully through original music. And so we want to, we want to actually introduce these guys. This is my buddy. Go ahead and tell everybody who you are, Tazian. You have a microphone. Oh, okay. Hello, my name is Tejian. My name is Arthur. And we wrote this song. It's called Victory. And it's from Romans 8.37. And it talks about the overwhelming victory is in us through Christ. So pretty much, if Christ is victorious, yeah. and we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, then we're victorious. Yeah. Yeah. Want to add anything? Oh, yeah. And you're going to see that in each of our verses. And each of our verses is going to explain how we got that victory through us. And mine is just like overcoming the temptation that I've been so, you know, corrupted by as a kid. And I just looked at Jesus and just, just processed through that all. And it was just know that he had the victory and I know that Jesus is in me. And so that's how yeah. I it. And I wrote, I wrote my own bars. I'm going to be adding yeah. on to it too. They, no, I'm not. They didn't want, thank you. They didn't want me to do that. Hey, no, I do. I want to pray for them. And then here's, what, here's why you're standing. Because, man, this is honestly a worship song. These guys wrote all the lyrics. They collaborated on this. And it, I'm telling you, when I heard this, there's certain songs that we hear that are a soul song, man. It just hits your soul. When I first heard this song, I'm telling you, something shifted in me, man. It was unbelievable. And I think you guys are in for a treat. But I want you to sing this chorus. We got our friend Trin over here as well. She sang on the Kaleo CD. Yeah, Trin! You'll see her at Troy campus sometimes. And so, hey, let's pray. Let's get in this night. Let's go after it, all right? Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. And we ask you to be ahead of us right now, to move powerfully in this room. We ask your spirit to fall on us, Lord Jesus, that you are so evident that you are in this place, that we walk out of this place not saying the music and the arts and everything here were awesome, but that Jesus is awesome, that God is awesome. So we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's do it.
say about it because it's awesome. So let's just sing it out.
that did tonight that preps the room. You can feel it. That's why we worship, because it prepares our hearts. It prepares the room for us to hear from God. I'm Ann Wilson. My husband's Dave back there. And um, I wanted to welcome you, but I also wanted, as I was worshiping, here's the thought that came to my mind. I was thinking when our kids went off to college. Some of you have kids that are old enough that were in college. And do you remember when they would come home? Like at Christmas or Easter or whatever, your heart would get so excited that they were going to come to be with you, to talk to you. And the image that I had tonight was that that's God's excitement about all of us. Look at all of you here. He's so excited to talk to us. And what I see when I see all of you, you're hungry to go deeper, to know more, to grow more, and to talk about what we talked about, victory, being set free. You guys set us off tonight. Yes. So let me pray as we begin. I don't want you to stay standing because I've been reading the Old Testament. You know, when the congregation of the Israelites would come together to read the word and to pray, they would always stand in anticipation and reverence to God. So, Father, here we are, your sons and daughters. We come before you with expectant hearts, looking forward to what you have to say. And I know you're more excited than what, than what we even are. So, Father, we welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls. Open our ears, our eyes, our minds. And Lord, speak to us tonight. We anticipate what you will do here. We love you. We thank you. We can't wait to see how you show up. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. No, 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 no. Stand up the whole sermon. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're actually, you know, usually the preacher stands when they preach, but today, look at this. We've got servants bringing couches out. We're going to create a little family room feel here tonight because we're uh, doing an interview. We're so excited about this interview. Yeah, Ann and I are going to be doing an interview with uh, Don and Sue Anderson, and uh, they're coming up here in a minute. But before they come up, uh, one of the most important things we have to do tonight is take the offering. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I mean, I am kidding, but I'm not kidding. But we do take the offering every service we're at. And some of you are new here tonight. You're our guest. You can just enjoy the night. And others of you, like us, are, this, is our, this is our home. This is our family. This is our mission. And so we give, and we give uh, freely back. So the ushers are going to come. They don't even know that. They're running right now to get their pouches. But they're going to come and pass the pouches as, as we sit down on, uh, I don't know, we've got the, uh, the nice couch over here. And then I, I think that one over there, what do you call that, the Munster couch? What do you think? The Adams Family, everybody remember that? Dun, 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 dun. Don and Sue, come on up. We've got Don and Sue Anderson are going to come up. Give them a big round of applause. And so as you, as many of you know, we have been on a, a, a unique journey at, in our last few midweeks here at Orion. We've been talking about sort of hearing God's voice and listening prayer. And if you've been around Kensington for, I don't know, last four or five years, that theme, uh, even the word listening prayer, probably wasn't around here. Because Don, you've been around here. And Sue, we've been around here how many years? Kensington. 15. 15 years? So was listening prayer a, a term we even used 15 years ago? No, not at all. No, it wasn't. So first thing we'll do before we even jump into that is tell, the, tell them a little bit about you. I know everybody knows you. You're a celebrity. Who you are, your kids, your family. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Don and Sue Anderson. Okay, Don and Sue Anderson have been married for 34 years. Um, yeah. 
Don and Sue Anderson have three daughters. Uh, all maybe I don't even know. They might be watching tonight. Uh oh, you be better watch what you say. Friend? They probably yeah. are. Okay, so they're all married. Every one of them got married in a two and a half year span. So Don and I were really busy for quite a long time and very broke. So. <laughs> yeah, so they're married. I had to now. sell my second motorcycle. Yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. That's a hard thing to sell a motorcycle. I know what that feels like. Don and I. We ride together, and we actually ride as couples and go out to dinner on our, on our bikes, and it's really cool to have biker chicks on the back <laughs> of our bikes. So these are two biker chicks up here with us biker boys. Biker men, men. Men. Yeah, men. and Don, tell, tell them what you do at Kensington. What's your role? Uh, Kensington, I'm our uh, Kensington's Global Partners Director, which really means my team, myself and my team, uh, does everything with our global partners internationally, the, the 10, 11 partners we have, as well as what, what we're doing local outreach-wise. Yeah, many of you know about our global partners, but a lot of you don't know, because this guy could care less about anybody knowing who's behind the scenes, but this is the reason we have the global partners we have. We're up to how many now? Eleven. Eleven, and probably more, because Don is traveling the world, meeting people, bringing their, their ministries back to us, and then you and I sort of end up being partners with them. And by the way, this whole thing that we're talking about in this series sort of started with you. In, well, in well, a unique way. Let's ask this. Um, go back and explain. Give us a picture of your lives. Because we've known you guys a long time, but we've really gotten to know you in the last five years. So give us a picture of your spiritual lives, let's say, five years ago. What, what was going on? I would say, you know, I grew up in a church. My dad was a pastor. So fundamentally, you know, I would say I understood God. I understood the gospel. Um, living my life as what I would say the Bible said. But as I look back, it was, as I look back now, I didn't realize at the time, my spiritual life was very contractual. God was a CEO, and if I needed something, I took it to him, and if he needed something done, he would ask me to do it, and I would be a good little soldier and go do it. But it was very much contractual basis. I didn't expect a lot from God, because I figured I'm just, you know, I'm just one of the grunt workers, so he doesn't have a lot of concern for what I'm doing, but if he needs me, I'm available. Um, so it was... It just what was the norm yeah. of what I expected. Yeah. Same thing for you, Sue? Yeah, I think for me, like, if we go back five years ago, I had a couple, like, things that kind of shook me. The first being I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that kind of, like, sent me on this, like, wait, this isn't how I expected my life to be. And then, like I mentioned, the girls all getting married and leaving. And when they left, that shook who I really was. So for me, it was more like, oh, my goodness, who am I? Everything I had dreamed about being is now not the case. I expected my grandchildren to be here, not living, you know, so far away. So who am I? So I loved God, but that caused me to go deeper into really wanting to know what was there for me. Like, who really was he for me? So you started a journey. I started a huge journey, yeah. What did that look like? Um, well, I think the first, the first thing um, Don had asked if we would go, us girls would take a missions trip over to Israel to take some women. And I think for me, what I started to recognize was I could notice a difference in certain people. It wasn't really so much what they did, but it's just who they were. And one of those important people to me was Salwa, who is a believer in Bethlehem. Um, who is the pastor's wife, and there was something unique about her. So when we went to Israel, I really just was like watching her and trying to figure it out. And I just, I asked her, I said, what is it about you that makes you so different? 
And she really wouldn't, like, she'd just say, oh, but I got to stay in her home. And since I was on that journey, I was asking him a lot of questions. And I was asking them questions, the ones I was having in my head. And I'll just share this. This one time um, when we were sleeping at her house, um, I went to bed. When I woke up in the morning, she had breakfast already. And I said, Sala, did you sleep well? And she said, oh, no, I didn't sleep. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I have Ambien. I would have given you an Ambien <laughs> to help you sleep. Like, who? Like, that's terrible when you can't sleep. And she said, no, you don't understand, Sue. I chose not to sleep. I stayed up all night praying and thanking God for your team coming and just for the encouragement you've been to us. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want. How do I get that? And then, Don, uh, you guys may not know this, but many of you know Jamie Winship and Dave Gibbons, right? So Don is the person that brought both those guys in. So, Don, what, how did you meet them, and what spurred you on to think, that I want to bring them to Kensington? It was interesting. After 9-11, I was sort of like everybody else. You're reacting to the moment and really had, I would say, a negative impression of Muslims. And... God really began to convict my heart about that. And so I call up a friend of mine, a pastor out of Atlanta, a buddy, and I said, hey, I know you're doing stuff with Muslims. I need to go with you. I, I need to learn. I need to figure this out because I don't like what I'm feeling. So he hauled me off to, he said, well, about a month from now I'm going to Jordan. So I said, I'm coming with you. And we got over there, and he said, there's this guy. He says he's incredible. He's doing incredible things, um, work among Muslims. People are coming to faith. They're following Jesus and went and was introduced to Jamie. And it was really interesting. He, Jamie was breaking all the rules, all the rules of missiology, all the rules of evangelism. But as we talked, it was, there was something about him. He, was, he had such conviction. He knew this was from God. He was doing something different, something nobody else was doing, but he was convinced it was God. And he was taking a lot of arrows, a lot of criticism from other Christians, not from Muslims. And um, he didn't care. And it was sort of that, that confidence that he knew who he was and he knew what God called him to do. And it was like, I want to spend time with this guy. So what did you discover in terms of where his confidence came from? Well, as we went through it, it really came in two places. I think it was one, it was identity. He understood what God had created him to do. So he had an identity of God. He understood what that identity meant and how he lived it out. So that was part one. Part two, Jamie taught us this and he taught me back then and he's still teaching that. God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? And since he was able to really clearly hear and have confidence in, in God, you're going to do it. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but you take the first step and you let God bring the blessing and you let God bring the harvest. All he's asking is obedience. Yeah, and that sort of uh, lays on a foundation of believing that God still speaks. Yeah. Correct. Right? And I know, Sue, we were talking the other night and you were like, you were up thinking God speaks through the what? The word. Oh, yeah, I thought that only right? God could speak through his word, um, and that's all we needed. And that was fine for me, but I hungered to know if there was more. I, I just was, I was too afraid to ask the God the question. Yeah. I thought I was going to get in trouble because I thought of God as that, that kind of God. But once I discovered that it's okay to ask questions and to ask him the questions, I learned that God can speak. He's God. He can speak any way he chooses whenever he wants to. Now, a lot of people are thinking, okay, how does God speak? How do you know it's God? You guys have been on this journey. We've been on this journey. We've been on this journey, yeah. you know, as we've been walking through this in the last several years. And there's still people who think, well, he does speak through his word, no question. By the way, the next midweek, 
September 5th, I think it is. That's what we're going to talk about, the, the ways God speaks. And the word is one. But we're talking about hearing God, maybe not an audible voice, but sensing that God, through his spirit, is speaking to you. Talk about what that feels like and what that looks like. Because not everybody's ever experienced that, and you guys have. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it really started, I started hearing from God when I changed my perspective. And I was asking all the wrong questions. So my prayer time with God was, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. Okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> and, and it really started to, to be more of this confession model of, man, God, I'm really anxious about something, which I, before I would have said, God, take away the anxiousness, take away this whatever is going to happen. And it was like, God, I'm anxious because I don't trust you. So I really just came clean with so God. So that's the deeper truth of Right. It. The deeper truth is it was all about my perspective of God. It wasn't about being anxious. Yeah. It was about I didn't have confidence that God was going to do something about it. So once I began to change my perspective of God and I changed the questions I was asking, then I began, God, why am I anxious? I confess to you that I, I must not trust you. I want to trust you, but I must not. And that began to then open up this dialogue. And then it's then just responding, okay, this is what I, the impression, this is what I believe God's telling me, and so now I'm just going to act out of obedience. So we had had an exercise that, um, in fact, some training we'd done with Dave Gibbons, and he sort of challenged me in some areas, you need to think about this. And so I would sit and I'd say, okay, God, what do you want me to know about that? And I would just get a flow of information. Where before through I would... Through your mind. Through my mind. I'm just thinking, yeah. and because all of a sudden... Because we have the mind of Christ. Right, all these thoughts are coming... And before, I would have then wanted to decipher those thoughts. Eh, that doesn't make sense. That does make sense. So I just started going to, I'm just going to write them down. And now I'm going to start working through them in obedience. And then when I did that, two things happened. One is that then I could see God begin to move through each of those, which then gave my confidence. Oh, that must be God because God, you know, this wasn't my thought. I would have never thought to meet this person or do this thing. Huh. And then you, all of a sudden your confidence gets, and you're, you know, stronger. You begin to ask better questions. Um, and it just grows from there. Yeah. Now, touch on something you just said, because you just laid out a pretty deep theology, and a lot of people may not even know it. So you said, Don has the mind of Christ, yeah. meaning what and why does that... Is it only Don? Yeah. Only Don. Yes. <laughs> the great yes, Don. I'll let you all know what you should do. Oh, gosh. Watch out. Yeah, it is. It's a second, wait, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. We actually, that's what prayer is, you guys. It's tapping into the mind of Christ and getting our ideas from him. That's what prayer is. And how would you define listening prayer? I've heard you say it. It's the free flow thoughts that come through your mind? That come to your mind when you're fixed on Jesus, and that's the trick. It's we're fixed on Jesus. And so as those thoughts come, you trust them. Like, Don, you were just saying, these are from God. Right, you trust him, but you also set your agenda aside. Because we all have agendas, and we go in, so we have to set that aside and say, okay, I'm really listening to God. I'm trying to put my agenda aside. And sometimes we don't, and sometimes that maybe confuses sometimes our thoughts. But you try to put that aside, and yeah, and those thoughts go, and you trust him, and the more you do it, the more you can trust him. Like even, uh, I've told you guys, it's, an, it's a weird thing for me. I hear God pr prominently during worship. That's interesting. So, I mean, even tonight, I just, be God begin to think, and so I sit down, and I write, and I write, and I write. You guys are all doing your thing. It's great. I'm not, I'm not ignoring it. I just feel that that's... And there's some people judging you for sitting down. That's okay. And not having your but hands then up. one time you said... Thinking you're not worshiping, but it right. really is almost an incredible way to worship God, because you are hearing right. 
Why do you think it's during worship? I, I said before, I think it's, I feel like I'm leveraging the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, I think when you bring believers together, we know that the Holy Spirit's there. And I just think that there's a, an atmosphere. I think Cody talked about it before. That, but when you come together, you worship, there is an atmosphere. Yeah. And God is glorified. And when you bring a body of people together, I, I just think that, that, that communion of people just enhances the Lord's work. I see it all over the world that way. So here's one of my questions. So you gave kind of, this is what my time with God looked like before you're giving God your list. Tell us what it looks like now in comparison to what it used to look like, your time with God. I would say mine is, feels really simple. And it's really coming, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? And then those confessions of things of, you know, you know I'm uptight about this. Well, why am I uptight? Well, God, it's because this I don't I'm not content with you or I don't think I don't think you think I'm good enough I don't think you think I'm gonna you're, you're gonna come through in the end and then so, does he talk back to you when you say those things I, I think for me it's clearing the air almost like hey I've I've come clean yeah. and now God what do you want me to know and sometimes it's you know very practical things to do and sometimes it's um a memory you know of uh, of my dad encouraging me on the side of the football team. You know, just sort of things like things I hadn't thought about, you know, when I'm, you know, I'm 10 years old or whatever. And it's, you know, then I'm going, oh, God, you know, he's like my dad. He's cheering me on, even when I screwed up. Yeah. I and screwed so, up a lot on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what it is. Like, I, when I look back, like, before and now, the difference is I pull out, like, my journals, and my journals used to be just, like, all me writing all, please be with Aaron, please be with Alyssa, you know, like, be with them keep them safe, like all of that, which is not of God. Like it, it's so it's not necessarily a two-way conversation. No, and now it's a two-way conversation. Like it's usually like, I just thank you for what you let me do yesterday. Is there an area in my life yesterday that I, you know, I wasn't like totally going the way you wanted me to do? So then that becomes a confession. And, and then it's just like, okay, I'm going to read a little bit. I'll put, you know, I'll just be there with the, the Bible and I'll read it. And it's the same thing Don said. What do you want me to know today? And why does this verse like resonate with me right now? And what do you want me to know? So my journal has become a two-way conversation. Okay, thank you, honey. I'll go ahead. <laughs> um, it is interesting doing it too, you know. I know. We're both right, wanting to ask all these questions. Uh, tell us a story of God, you asked you wanted to hear God, and he told you something, and it was something right on. I'm thinking of one, Don, you told about when you were, I don't know where you were. I remember you mentioning something about Venezuela. you were with some kids, and you were getting on a bus, and you left one of the girls that was sick back. Yeah, that was when I really look back. You know, you sort of, you sort of go, well, has God been talking all along? And I would say Which, very... yes, he has. He has been, but I've always, you know, just wished it away, or it was something else. But... I started thinking as we, we talked about, you know, um, hey, let's talk, talk about this topic. And I thought, when is the first time I really can remember hearing God? And it took me back to probably 20 years ago. Uh, I was leading a short-term missions trip with high schoolers down in Venezuela. And um, we were on a bus. We were getting ready to get on a bus, and we were going away, I think, for Sunday church. And there was one young girl who was sick, and there was a man who was there, an older man who was doing our cooking and that type of thing. And they said he, they'd stay back. He'd stay back with her, and he'll get lunch ready. And we were on the bus getting ready to pull out. You know, they close the door, and I just had this get off the bus. Just this feeling, you've got to get off the bus now. And once again, I had no idea why, 
but I just did that out of obedience. It was like, okay, I'm off. And uh, so I go to walk in to, to tell this young lady and this guy that, hey, I'm not going, I'm going to stay back. And I walked into a situation where um, it looked like it was going downhill. Girl was sleeping, the guy was in her room with the door locked when I came back. And I think that was God really saying, you need to go in and protect. But I wouldn't have known that. I didn't wait to rationalize it. I, he, God didn't give me everything. He said, get off the bus. So I got off the bus. Did I stop something? I don't know. But really looking back, I mean, that just stands out as a time I heard God and responded. It's almost like last week or two weeks ago, Cody talked about our God goggles. This week, it's like hearing aids. It's like God's always talking. You just turn it up to hear his voice. Well, one of the things, because I want Dave to share a, lot, a little about this. No, I'm not sharing anything. Um, I'm an interviewer. Dave, uh, Don and Sue asked Dave and I to come have dinner at their house with Jamie Winship, and we had never talked to him personally. And so Jamie was talking about identity. This is another part of it um, that we're going to address probably in a few weeks. But he's talking. I said, what do you mean by identity? And he's, he was talking about Psalm 139, and he's talking about how we have our own identity. And I had felt like God had been speaking to me for years. But this identity, I just thought, yeah, I'm a child of God. But when he started talking about it, he said, when I te take teams over into these countries where we're trying to take a city for Christ, I don't take a team member until they know who they are and their identity in Christ. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What, what do you mean? He goes, each team member has like this job. And so even he worked with our interns at Kensington and he's meeting with them. He's like, he's asking them, what is your identity? I'm like, what, what like a name? He's like, yeah, like a name or sometimes it's a somebody's name and sometimes it's like an attribute, sometimes it's who you are. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because what he said was, you got, we're each so unique. There's not another human being or has been or will be another human being that is made up your DNA just like you. And you have a purpose, a unique calling that God's put in you. And as he was talking about this, I'm hearing this in my head, this name, like this warrior, which I had no idea what the names were. Like, is it Alice? Is it talking about? I, I don't it even know. It was probably Princess, because that's what I call her. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he's not. I don't think I've ever called you that. Okay. So because of that, I get in the car with Dave like that. Like, did you hear something? I heard something. Like, he didn't, Jamie didn't even ask, but that's how my mind works. And so I get pumped out of my mind about this, and I called Jamie's wife, Donna, and I said, I want to come down to Houston. I'll come wherever you are. I want to learn about this. I want to discover it. And Donna's like, well, um, all right, why don't you and Sue come down? And so I told Dave that, and Cody hears about it, and Cody goes, I'm coming. I'm like, no, it's for women. You aren't allowed to come. He goes, is it going to be different for women? <laughs> yeah, so Cody got a hold of Jamie and said, we're coming. And Jamie's like, guys, it's not for you guys. It's for women. We're like, I don't care. Figure it out. So Don and Cody and I and Sue and Ann and Jenna all went down and there was a whole group now, probably 50, 70 people there, and uh, really walked us through sort of this listening prayer thing and training. And, so and tell, really us, tell in us hopes, your journey with it. In hopes that we'd come back here. And it, it's really interesting. Um, one of the things that happened, Don and I had an experience with Jamie. Uh, they would do some teaching, and then we would break into little groups and actually 
try this. I mean, as simple as this, it's what Cody taught two weeks ago. It's what we've been now living for a couple years, but it's like, okay, it's one thing to, to teach about it. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to say, okay, I'm going to ask God to hear his voice. God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? It's that simple. And still your heart. We're going to listen to a song that we're going to bring to our, our, our Orient campus at midweek called Be Still. It's a beautiful song by Hillsong. It's just like, be still and trust my voice. And so sometimes we don't even stop our lives long enough just to be still. And I mean, Susan, you were talking the other night about um, all the journaling you're doing as, as God speaks. You write it down, write it down, write it down. You have to fill up journal. So it, that was sort of new to me. Yeah. You know, I'm a guy that was word-based, and, you know, I, I was always the guy like, was that God? Or was that indigestion? You know, what was that? <laughs> you know, I, I never, and, and I'm using a pretty strong word, but I think it's almost accurate. I... I would say I rarely, if ever, trusted that it was God's voice. Because so often I thought I heard something and it wasn't true. And it didn't come out that way. And it was, you know, and so I was like, it's just me, you know, wishing for God's voice. And, you know, that, that time with Jamie was very interesting. Because one of the things I've noticed that Jamie does, and you probably noticed we have done this too, and Cody's done this, and I've even done this on Sundays. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. But when we pray before we speak or when we pray before the day starts, it's a unique prayer that I learned watching Jamie. Because every time, and I watch you guys do it too, and Ann's done it, every time that you begin to say, let's, let's quiet ourselves, and we're going to do that before we end the night, and ask God to speak, because he is here, and he will speak. In fact, he's speaking right now. He is, and if you're a follower of Christ, you do have the mind of Christ, and so one of the things you have to learn to do is trust that the thoughts that come into your mind as we ask God to speak are from God, and don't doubt it. Just go, wow, I had this picture. I had this image. I had this word. That's from God. But what Jamie it's condemnation did, or accusation. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Clear that up. Yeah, and we're going to talk one week about how do you know it's God? You know, how do you test it? Second John says to test, and so there's a way to test that. But one of the things I noticed about Jamie's prayer was he would clear the room. Because I remember him saying, we're going we're gonna to ask God to speak. He did it with Don and I. And he said, let me pray first. And he prayed. And, you know, I thought he was going to play. Okay, God, we'd like you to speak. Okay, let's go. He prays for like two minutes. And I swear it was like he prayed the Apostles' Creed. He prayed every belief you've ever believed. He prayed the blood of Jesus. He prayed the king is on the throne. The king is in authority. The, the enemy is gone. The, the enemy has no voice here. There's only one voice we're going to hear. I mean, it's like he's preaching as he's praying. And I asked Jamie there, I go, dude, what did you just do? That was like a prayer. And he goes, I cleared the room. He goes, we, we don't want to hear any other voice but one voice, the voice of Jesus. We just asked him to speak, so let's go. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, and he, and he just starts walking me through, and he said to me, uh, and I'm, again, we, yeah, share that. this isn't, about, this isn't about me tonight, but uh, it was very profound because he asked me, Dave, what is the thing that blocks you in your relationship with God the, the most? And most of us probably know what it is. I knew immediately, doubt and skepticism. I'm a doubter. I'm a skeptic. I often struggle with that. I doubt. Was that really God? Was that? And, I, and, and so I said that, and he goes, okay, where'd that start? Let's ask Jesus. I go, what? Let's ask Jesus. Just close your eyes and tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. When did that start? And I tell you what, I mean, I'm a doubter and skeptic as he says that. But as soon as he said that, and he said, just tell me what's coming through your mind. Don't doubt it. Don't, don't analyze it. Just speak it out loud. What 
do you see when I say, when did that start? And I said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm seven years old. I'm sitting in my living room in Finley, Ohio. My brother has just died. My dad has just walked out of my life and it's my mom and my sister and I. We've just moved to a new state from New Jersey and I'm sitting there thinking, there's no God, there is no God. If he was a good God, he would have kept my dad and my family and my brother still be alive. And you were little. And I was seven years old and I saw myself I, I, in that front family room in Finley, Ohio, 2317 South Main Street. I mean, it was that clear. I have not thought about that in 50 years. And he goes, okay, so that's where it started. Anyway, he starts to walk me through this thing. And here was the beautiful thing about it. And again, I don't want to take the whole time because it was a pretty neat journey. And Don was sitting right there yeah. watching this happen and probably praying as, as I would see this. And here's, he said, what, what's God saying to you about this part of your life? And I shared this at Kensington recently after that. But if you weren't here, here's what I felt God said. Didn't hear an audible voice, just very clear mind of Christ, thoughts flowed through my mind, and it was this, you've always blamed me for taking your dad out of your life. What you don't know is if your dad would have stayed in your life, you are your brother and your sister. See, they grew up with my dad, and it was a bad, bad thing, and they've struggled ever since to find their identity and it was, and, and, and I knew God was not saying, I removed your dad from your life. Your dad made that decision. He walked out. But what you don't understand is that in a way you were protected from the evil that was in that house because he was gone and you've always blamed me, but yet you're the man you are today because I was always your father. It was a powerful moment because it reshifted everything I believed about my life in that one moment where I believe God spoke that to me. Why? Because I was still, I asked him and he spoke it. Don was right there. Do you remember that moment? Remember it. I mean, it was pretty life-changing. Yeah, because... I don't know I, about you, but for me it was. Yeah, I think for guys, like Sue has been on this journey and she very much, she's a very visual person and would see things. And, and I just was, you know, still early on and I'm like, well, I believe all this, but that's not how I'm wired. Yeah. And I think both of you and I probably shared that a little bit as Jamie took us through it. And both of us had at that moment, at least I did, for probably the first time I had a real sort of visual saw myself in yeah. a story. And yeah. God revealed truth for it, through it. Can you share that, Don? Would you mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think what I remember was the same thing. It's, um, Jamie started, what, what was a negative emotion? And an emotion that I didn't, or, or the image that I got, I was struggling trying to figure out the emotion, was that there was a... Um, a great tabernacle and uh, inside it was beautiful and everybody was singing and there were bright lights and I was I couldn't go in I was sort of stuck outside and as we sort of dug into that God why am I stuck outside and it was really God revealed anger that I had had that really came from Sue's diagnosis of, of MS that I was mad at God so I really wasn't allowed into you know to really celebrate to go into the into the holy place because I was, I was carrying anger. And so once the, the story, if I remember right, as we went through, we asked for forgiveness of that and confessed that. And then the next thing I know is there was a, a parade with people from a thousand nations and Sue and I walking among them. 
So for me, that's really different. That's not how I process. That's yeah. not how I, you know, that's not how I do it. But God chose to do that in that You know, it, it, it's sort of interesting watching you, especially, because there are similarities. And tell, tell this real quick, and we're almost out of time, but, but I, I want to give you a chance to tell the story. You go to Israel because Jamie gets shut out of the nation. He's supposed <laughs> to take our interns to Israel and do this training with them, and they won't let him in the country. So he can't go, and other people got to go because the interns have got to go. And you end up on that trip. and something Filling sorta, in for Jamie and Donna. Yeah. yeah, something pretty interesting happened in your life physically. Yeah, it was very interesting. So once again, I grew up in a pretty you know, conservative Christian home and, and would always believe God can do whatever he wants. I just didn't think he would probably do it for me. You know, he's got the power, but I probably wasn't worthy enough to get that power. So a few years before we went to Israel, I had gotten in a motorcycle accident and had about, I don't know, three or four operations on my leg. And in the end, when I walked, it hurt and had a little limp. And no, it was a big limp. I saw <laughs> yeah. you walking around. It was around. in Nepal, too. You, you tried to, really, yeah. it was hard. Yeah. It, so, yeah, sometimes it would get bad. And All the time it was bad. <laughs> but it was one of these things I had just come to a conclusion of that's going to be my life. You know, and I'll have a little restricted movement, things I can and can't do. And so, like I said, John, Jamie and Donna got sort of knocked out and sent home. So Sue and I get on a plane to go over to, to try to figure out how to help the interns. And um, by the time we get there, you know, you do a lot of walking in Israel. I can hardly walk. And I'm getting a little concerned because, you know, we're going to be there, I don't know, six weeks or so? It was a long time. And it's like, man, what am I going to do? So, you know, luckily I had some really strong medicine, <laughs> painkillers, which isn't great to take. You, know, you, you guys your, are known now as the druggies. Yeah. You got I know. Ambien and... <laughs> but, yeah, I won't tell you what I had. But, but you know, I, I'm not myself, and you're trying to work with these himself, kids. He was not himself, I'm telling you guys. If he sat down, he was like this. <sighs> yeah. And if so he was, was standing up, he was in... Yeah. yeah. Loopy. So I was, you know, really concerned what it's going to go on. And um, uh, we had a guest speaker. A friend of Jamie's came in. He was doing training with the interns. And before he left, he goes hey, can I pray for healing? Does anybody have any pains, like pain in their leg that, you know, they would, I could pray for? <laughs> he said pain in your leg. He, he said pain in your leg, and I know, Don, and you guys, he's very quiet, and he's not saying anything, and I'm like, he does. You said <laughs> that too? Oh, yeah. I go, he does right there. <laughs> so, so this guy asked, he goes, does anybody want to pray? And so uh, Louise Fisher, and I don't know if you guys know her, but like, she's about the size of one of my legs. She's just a really <laughs> dainty, you know, little girl. Petite. Was she young? Yeah, she was probably early 20s. At one that of time. our interns. Yeah, yep. she was one of our interns. Yeah. And she goes, I'll pray. And so he goes, okay, don't, go down, just put your hand down. Where, where's it hurt, Don? And, <laughs> and uh, he said, just pray, God, you know, just remove the pain. I pray to the pain, just remove it. And the whole time she's praying, you know, they always talk about, oh, if you have faith of the mustard seed, God can do anything. Well, all I can think of is, oh, shoot, when she gets done, I'm going to have to be the guy that goes, ah, didn't work. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be the jerk. <laughs> and so she gets done praying, and they go, stand up. And I go, okay. You know, I'm all red. I'm sweating. You know, I don't want to do this. And, and they go, okay, from a scale of 1 to 10, what was your pain before? And I was like, mm, it was, you know, a 9. And he goes, what about now? And I go, now that you say that, it's maybe a 5. Huh. But in my head, I'm going, that's just my adrenaline is pumping like mad. You know, I can cover up anything. Yeah. And so he goes, okay, Louise, pray right to the pain. And it was just really simple. God, you know, 
Remove just, the pain. It was just pain be gone in Jesus' pain name. Pain be gone That's in all Jesus' she name. Said. And so they, he, they, they stopped praying. And once again, the whole time in my mind, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I had no faith in this. And, and I said, stand up. And it was like, the pain's gone. How's your pain yeah, how's now? How's your pain? It's gone. And, I, and I'm like still a little skeptical in my head, but I'm like, it's gone. Everybody's, you know, I'm crying. We're all the room's crying. crying. The whole you know, room oh, is this crying. is incredible. Look at God work. Back of my mind, I'm still sort of like, well, we'll see in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up the next morning and we look at each other in bed. She goes, I stand up. She goes, how's your ankle? Yeah. It doesn't hurt. But then we go with the rest of the few weeks and I'm just waiting, you know, for it to start hurting again. Yeah. And, you know, it really took me about a year to process that. And I haven't had pain since. It's fine. I, yeah. I don't it's limp. Never it's never come back. back. Yeah. never come back. But for me, I kept saying, why? Why would God do this for me? I have a wife who has MS. If you're going to cure something, yeah. I mean, I can, I can live with this, you know, yeah, cure the pain MS. in my leg. Right. And, you know, I think it's something God just really had shared with me. I care about it. I care about the little things. I care about you. And that was my way to show you. And to, to trust. Yeah, and one of the amazing things about that story, that's the first time I've ever really heard you tell it, mm-hmm. is uh, so often you hear that God heals based on our faith. Yes. And so many people really do feel like, I just didn't have enough faith. That's why I didn't get healed. And, and you're God, saying your faith wasn't all that great. I mean, no, my faith. And I think what it goes to is God's going to do what he wants and when he wants. We right. don't understand. I wish. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could walk through a hospital. And, but God chose in his wisdom so we're going to believe, we're going to trust, it's going to grow our faith. And I, and I think if there's anything I've learned, and we do have to wrap this up, um, something you did there is you took a risk. You, you, you stepped out and said, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to see if God's going to heal me. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, I'm still going to be, but I'm going to take a risk. I have struggled with that even with this listening prayer thing. It's like, man, I feel like God said something to me. Now what do I do? Do I act? Do I take the risk? Because sometimes I'll look foolish. And you know what? Sometimes it isn't God. You know, but either way, it's like, I think it is. Let's go. And you'll find out as you go. Maybe it wasn't, but often it isn't. And, and sometimes it could be like Cody was talking about two weeks ago. God will, will say something to me about somebody, and I need to speak life, speak what God said to me about that person, and I will hold that in. You know, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to, you know, walk up to him. And it's like, oh, my gosh, two weeks ago when Cody was saying that, I was like, oh, what a beautiful night. I want to trust the voice of God and do what he calls me to do every time. I want to get to a place where I just walk in faith, and I want to be the person that lives on the edge, you know, where God's doing It's an adventure, you know. God just told me, let's go. Let's, I won't even tell you what I, I believe he gave me today, you know, um, it's, a, it's an outrageous goal. It's outrageous. If I said it out loud, people would go, you're crazy. And I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm seeing if that was God. Because it's a, it's a big, big dream that maybe he's in. And let's see. And I'm a, I want to be a risk taker, a faith walker to say, let's go, which you, you guys have done. And it, I think, too, um, Don, you share what you're going to say. Because I was going okay. to say, the, the, the thing that you talked about there, I get to meet incredible warriors of Christ all over the world. Yeah. The one common thing that I know if they're hearing from God is when they meet people, they fill them with life. Mm. They're ever filling everybody they meet with life. People don't walk away from them down. People always walk away. They're speaking truth and they're speaking love into them. And people notice and that's what they're attracted to. Yeah. That's that so is, good. That is powerful. That's really good. And, and don't, like, don't you guys want that? 
I, I want that. And so the next several weeks, really until Christmas, the we, have the, we have some great things coming up. So we talked about identity. Who am I? We're going to talk about that one week. We're going to talk about what blocks us from hearing God. We're going to talk about that. Sue, Cody, maybe Don, they're going to be doing a workshop on Sundays. When does that start, Sue? It starts September 16th at 1030 out there. And it's going to be four weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. 1030 on Sunday. So you can mark that on your calendars. We want to equip us. like, and, And think about what Jesus said to the disciples. It's better that I leave you. I'm like, no, it's not. I would say, no, it's not. I need you to be here. I need to talk to you. I need to explain. And he's saying, no, you're going to have me with you 24 hours a day. Actually, it's even better than with you. You'll have me in you. So it goes from we walked with Jesus, and now Jesus is in us and can talk and can lead and can empower and give hope. And that's that's the glory of the gospel is what we're talking about. And so here's what I I would ask you to do. Go on this journey this fall. Because it's really a pretty amazing journey to walk with Jesus, to, to tune in to hearing him. And again, in a few weeks, we're going to talk about how does God speak to us. It isn't just like we've been talking about. That's one way. How do you know it's God? We're going to talk about that. The workshop's going to be amazingly helpful. And then I hope that this will be something that we're all learning to do. Because here's the thing. God is speaking all the time. He's been speaking all night tonight. Um, I'm going to pray and ask God to speak to you even as, as I pray. And then Josh Corn's going to come up. I'm really excited about this because a couple weeks ago, I was at 20 Front Street when there was a songwriter's night. And Josh and, uh, and their daughter, Autumn, and uh, Grace Lee were sharing songs that they had written, just one after another. And Josh sang this song I'd never heard. And he doesn't want to sing it tonight because it's not completed yet. But, I mean, after the first verse, I pulled out my phone, and I started videoing, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. This is a song I believe God gave him. And I think as you hear it, I believe God's going to speak to you through the song because he spoke to me through the song. so beautifully written. So let me pray this, and then here's the thing. is I, I'm going to pray that God speaks, all right? He's been speaking, but I'm just going to pray that we would still ourselves enough to hear his voice tonight. And here's the thing. After I pray, then Josh is going to sing, and you don't have to have your eyes closed and be bowed over to hear the voice of God. You can be looking at Josh. You can be with your eyes closed. You can do what Don does. Sometimes during worship, he's down and he's journaling even while there's a song going on. It doesn't matter what your posture is. It matters that your posture is submitting to God and saying, I want to I hear your voice, and I think he'll speak through his spirit. I think he might even speak through Josh's song. So let's pray. Father God, you... Jesus, you are the king. There is no other king. There is one king, and his name is Jesus, and you are that king. You are the Christ. You are the risen one. You died. Your blood has washed us clean of our sin. We are forgiven in you, and we believe that you and you alone are what we sang tonight, the one name. There's no other name, the one name that changes everything. And, Lord, we have what your word says You, your spirit dwells, lives within us. We have your mind, the mind of Christ. And anything that we hear in our our mind that is not of you, is not bringing life, is not bringing light, is not of you. And so we dispel that and we dispel lies and evil and darkness right now. And we ask only for your voice, only the voice of Jesus. Lord, would you speak? 
And we ask you to speak to each one of us individually, and we ask you this question. Jesus, what do you want us to know tonight? What are you saying to me personally tonight, right now? Lord, is there a is there a name? A name that captures who you've made me to be, an identity type name that you want to speak over me. Is there a name that you call me? Speak that to me now. Jesus, we pray that even as Josh sings over us and then we sing a closing song about identity, I pray that you would speak even through music, even through, through lyric and song, the beauty that you've given us. It's just such a beautiful gift you've given us of music and worship and lyric and melody, and I pray that you would even use that to speak. And Father, I want to close with just um, asking this because I feel like Don's story has stirred up faith. And so, Lord, I want to pray for those of us or those that are sick. And um, I just think about Sue. I think of a girl I heard that just had another diagnosis of MS, of another friend that I know that has it. So, And I know that there's some people sitting here that are just, they need healing. And so, Jesus, we come before you in your healing power, in your mighty name. You are the healer, the great physician. So we ask, God, and those of you who are like need healing, just sit there and open your hands up. And, Father, we receive that healing from you, and we'll come before you over and over asking, heal us, God. Heal our bodies, heal our minds, heal our hearts. Heal us, Jesus. We trust you. We need you. Heal us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a newer song. Um, it really came from a vulnerable place of a season of a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. I was coming home angry a lot and taking it out on my family. But every time I would come home like that, I was still engaging with the Lord. And I wasn't having these joyful seasons with him, but... I felt like one night I just, I waited upon him and I said, I need you to speak because I'm really just at a loss. And I felt like he, um, he kind of sang a song over me. And so I just want to share, this is um, from the perspective of God to me or to us. A child you wandered away Swimming head deep in shame Stop hiding your face 
stay close to me, child. Hold tight. I won't lose control. I'm yours. I know you're riding in pain. truth to end tonight. We're going to sing who you say I am. Sing it out.
And we just want to remind you about this weekend. Come back. Dave Wilson's going to be speaking. You got some fans. And, oh, and Ann Wilson's going to be speaking. Ah, you're stuck now. You got to do it. <laughs> hey, and don't forget, man, go support our Kaleo program. These kids that were here were amazing tonight. The original, um, all, all the proceeds go to something great, I think. So, hey, just go out there. Buy some CDs. <laughs>